I'm Avery Regan. I founded Freaky Friday along with Shannon Constantine in 2019. Freaky Friday started as a weekly list of live comedy shows. Now we're a group of friends feeling around in the dark for comedy in all its forms. We came here from another planet to figure out what it means to be human and what it means to be a comedian. We would like to become other people. Hopefully our guest, Simone Leitner, can help us. So I was reading an article about how to remember that you're a person, which <laughs> I forget constantly that I'm trying to be a person. And it was literally like, just spray perfume, even if you're wearing sweatpants. So I have like doused myself in Tom Ford Black Orchid. Pretty funny. And let me tell you, I don't feel like a human being anymore. <laughs> how did you get your hands on Tom Ford Black Orchid? That's so specific. It was actually my signature scent in like middle school. Wow. I don't know. I got like a small... <laughs> small perfume thing from Sephora and I was like I'm a sophisticated lady wow I have a friend who uh you know some people are really into smells some people aren't and she was saying that she realized after years one of her friends was wearing a type of perfume because they stopped yeah and she thought that this person always had this wonderful smell but that person was just consistent um was a consistent (laughs) consumer (laughs) yeah I mean I have a friend who can't smell very well okay and so she just wears a ton of perfume and that's that's kind of her thing. And, you know, you're just sort of like, all right, that's that's her. And you can smell her like from a room away. Is that because she's afraid? Because she doesn't know what she smells like? I think she just likes the smell and she can't smell it unless there's a lot of it. Oh, yeah, that's you pretty know? hard. It's like people who listen to music really loudly. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I read that one of the symptoms of coronavirus is losing your sense of smell. Yes. So I'm constantly sniffing and snozzing. What are you sniffing? Snozzing. Smelling. Yeah. I'm just putting my nose all over the place because I'm like, God damn it. If I lose my sense of smell, I don't have a fever. I don't have a cough. I don't have any other stuff going on. Yeah. But I'm really afraid of losing my sense of smell for some reason. Yeah. No, I'll check my armpits and then if it smells bad, I know that I don't have yeah. it. <laughs> I'm crashing with my folks. Are you still in Brooklyn? Yeah, I'm still in Brooklyn. I grew up in New York City. Woo. Woo, woo, me too. Oh, right. Yeah, we know this. I always, for some reason, I convince myself that you're British and you have bangs, (laughs) even though I've talked to you like a dozen times and you're never British and you don't really have bangs. So I'm like, I don't know what... I'm getting that idea from. (laughs) I appreciate that. I had a really weird crisis when I came to New York after college. Honestly, it wasn't a crisis, but just a couple times I got really high and I was like, this is a little bit weird. I did a couple group table reads. Yeah. And when I was in the city, so this is the first time I'm meeting people who I've never met before. So these are like fresh first impressions and I did two readings and in both of them afterwards, one person came up to me and was like, oh, like, where are you from? Like, that's a really like interesting accent. You, <laughs> Somebody thought I was Canadian. And then this third girl walked up to me and it was really rude what she said. But she said, oh, um, what's your first language? Um, and <laughs> the reading wasn't... It- 
The reading was in English. Ugly, so. ugly behavior, that is. That's ugly behavior. But the thing is, what I, I mean, I mean, maybe I was a little, some of them I was like, oh, British, British, I'll take, that's cool. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'm Euro trash. <laughs> I don't think I give off a Euro aura. I know I'm doing a good job of <laughs> making a first impression when the person that I'm around is just questioning everything. Sure, yeah. Like, where are you from? And what even is that place? And like, who am I? And like, where are are we and like why are we here and I'm like I thought I was here I think you know it's awkward to do that in like a job interview but I can't I can't act like I haven't had job interviews where people are like what are we doing here like why is this a thing and I'm like you I would hope would know better than I am why we're doing this what's on your resume that they're flagging is there like a a point of contention everybody's you know, real curious about one. I think my resume is pretty good. I think it's just like a lot of the time in film jobs. And I did like a lot of PA work back in LA before I moved back to New York recently. A job interview, you kind of feel like most of the time you're just shooting the shit with someone who could be your boss. So it's like they'll kind of bitch about things that they've done and you'll kind of sort of cautiously bitch about experiences you've had. But if you bitch too much, you seem like ungrateful. Yeah. And if you don't bitch enough, you seem like a little goody shoes narc. <laughs> so it's like, how much of a bitch am I going to be today? Is a question that I ask myself almost every day. Sure. I don't think I've ever hit that amount where I'm like, I was enough of a bitch today. You know what I mean? <laughs> I run into that more like when I'm like, oh, well, I actually think something's wrong and I don't want to bring it up but because if I bring it up I feel like a bitch yeah because like the thing is especially in like work situations or something where like you don't know me too well I just feel like I could be scary or something when really I'm just like stoned (laughs) (laughs) and you know a little bit monotone but not really but it's just it's hard it's hard how do you not be a bitch I don't know. I get what you want. (laughs) I don't know. I was on a show once where my boss took me aside and was like, Avery, I just want you to know that if you want to microdose psychedelics, that's totally fine with me. That's cool. Is it Goop? Were you working on the I was not working at Goop. Shockingly, I was not working at Goop. And I was like, oh, do I seem like I'm on a lot of psychedelics? Because I'll have you know I'm not. Like, I didn't just automatically assume it was cool to do drugs at work. And he's like, no, but I am. Wow. So I'm like, okay. And then occasionally he would be, like, looking at his Excel spreadsheet. And he'd just have to, like, take a minute because, like, it started to, like, you know, become wavy. Oh, my God. So he started, he started, he told you he was No, it's just every so often <laughs> he would just, like, push the computer away and be like, oh, man. And then a couple minutes later, like, regain his composure and go back to working. And I'd be like, do you want me to do it for you? And he'd be like, maybe, maybe in a little while. Yeah, I guess you're not allowed to share what the show is, are you? I mean, it never got made, so maybe. It was a show, it was about the 80s. A lot of things were like, the director remembered things from his childhood that we could not find any evidence of it existing. Mm. So I was like, did you grow up in like a parallel dimension? Yeah. Because he was just like, I want this type of phone, and then we couldn't find that type of phone, and it was like... I haven't worked on that many movies, but every TV show, it's like there's a couple people who are like in charge of like the creative vision of it. And then everyone else is like, what? Okay, like, sure. You know, and everyone else is just constantly trying to figure out what to do next because they're just like, I don't want to. I may I'm making my career sound really fun. (laughs) 
You work in architecture, right? Yeah, I work in architecture yeah. and kind of do just like a mix of different media related things. I will say that I really like the environment I work in, but with like working in comedy, one of the things that I think is a really funny thing to notice, like a lot of comedy writing, a lot of jokes are really funny because they're like specific. And, you know, you hang out with a lot of comedians and I feel like people do bits and whatever. You hang out with architects and it's just like a completely different type of person. Do architects not do bits? No, they do. But the thing is, there's a whole nother um, kind of like language and like common, common use that just cracks me up. I was walking once with this girl in my office and we were holding this really heavy model and there was a tiny bump in the floor. And she said, oh, I wasn't expecting that elevation. And that was a <laughs> sick architecture joke. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was just kind of like the funniest. Like, it it was so funny to me because it's like, I would never have described that that way. In college, <laughs> I went on a Tinder date with uh, a kid who was in an architecture school. Like, I was like, I was like 21. I was in film school. He was in architecture school. And I was like, so how do like architects like compliment each other? Mm -hmm. And he was like... Well, like if an architect presents like a really cool model or like a really cool design, you would say, I can see that being built. Wow. And I'm like, what's a main thing to say to an architect? And he's like, I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why not? This is not what you want to talk about on a first date with me, like a total stranger. That's so And then I tried to funny. get him to um, break into a... Uh, it was a cemetery. Cool. And it was like these weird rusty chains. And he was like, I don't want to break into a cemetery. And I was like, well, how do you insult an architect? Right. So I think I was just like psychologically torturing him over the course of several hours. And I do regret that. I hope he's doing okay wherever he is. What's your <laughs> best or worst online dating experience? I think my worst online dating experience is I invited this woman literally to my apartment because I'm just a dumb, dumb idiot girl. Just a big old dummy. So you just, that was like straight to the apartment and you just invited her to. I was just like, just come on over. Like, we'll order Genghis Cohen. Do you know what Genghis Cohen is? No. What is that? Is it food? It's um, kosher Chinese food in LA. Like Genghis Khan, the warlord. <laughs> Cohen, like the Jewish last name. Oh, wow. No one really likes it. I was kind of joking, but she was like, I love Genghis Cohen. I was like, are you Jewish? And she was like, no. <laughs> And then she told me that she had top secret military clearance. Sure. She told me that she had a bunch of Andy Warhol paintings in her garage. Right. She told me that she still lived with her ex-wife who was 17. Oh, God. Interesting. And she told me that she was best friends with... God, it wasn't Bob Saget. It wasn't David Spade. I don't know if I could say who it is. Let's just say she was best friends with David Spade, but we know it's not David Spade. She was best friends with a comedian... That was like a white man. And you're just like, how would you be best friends with that person? That doesn't make any sense. You don't have any shared experiences. And she was like, we're best friends. I'm like, okay, this is a compulsive liar. Yeah, I was going to say, did you ever ask her if she was... Well, you can't ask someone if they're lying. That's a pretty lame yeah, response. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be like... But, like, you know, did you ever investigate this person? How? What was, like, their age range if they have a 17-year-old wife? It was really impossible to tell. They didn't have an age? it was, like, the picture from the Tinder profile was just, like, a completely different person. Wait, we do got catfished. The picture in the Tinder profile was, like, this, like, petite, red-haired woman with, like, a pixie cut. Okay. 
And then just a completely different woman who looked a total, like just nothing in common with that woman showed up. And I'm like, you're still cute, but this is just a totally different woman that you sent me a picture of. That's so crazy. You got catfish. Yeah. And then she started to sing songs to me. And so she was like, I would like to write you a song right now and sing it to me. And this is like the second or third time this wow. has happened to me on a date where someone's tried to write a song about me and sing it to me. And I don't know why, why I attract these people. But she sang songs to me and uh, she fucked up my area rug by like stamping <laughs> on it and dancing while she was singing. And it was like, <laughs> it was a really cool area rug from Wayfair. And I was like, mm. and she frightened my cat. And I eventually what? just had to be what like, please leave, please leave, please leave. And she was like, no. And then I had to be like, what if I like called the police? And then she had to be like, maybe. And I'm like, can you just please like go back to your wow. 17 year old wife and your many Warhol paintings? And she was like, do you want to buy a Warhol painting? And no. I was like, you've seen my apartment. Yeah. So that's a full on scammer. That I would say if somebody at the end of a date tries to sell you something, I think that's a scam. <laughs> Have you been on dates where someone tries to sell you something? No, no, but I do, like, I'm sure you know, growing up in New York City, there's so many scams you'll encounter. What's your favorite scam? My favorite scam. From your life? I guess I scammed once. Oh, you were the scammer. No, but I just, I'm not very proud of it. It's okay. It's okay. I was, I was a young kid. I'm thinking like three different categories. When I've been scammed, when I've seen other people scam that I know, and then if I've ever scammed. Yeah. I would say my favorite from me being scammed, I, I was on the... Uh, the A train going uptown in Manhattan. I was probably like 15 or 16. Uh-huh. There was a house party on like a hundred and something street. Because like at the time, I think house parties were negotiated through like Facebook events. Yeah, yeah. And so it was this like brownstone and like pretty much everybody alive around my age range who could get out of their house. They had a brownstone. That's so, I'm so jealous of anyone who had a brownstone growing up. I know, I didn't have one either, but I am very jealous. No, I lived in a fucking apartment, like a normal Manhattan person. Did you live in Brooklyn? No, I I lived in Manhattan in an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. It was always like, you know, you see brownstones and you see that some of them are single residency or whatever and you're like who the Mm -hmm. fuck are these people yeah who have brownstones i guess they're the kind of people who throw parties for teens i guess so yeah and and so we get on the a train and the a train between let's say a hundred and 10th or 20th to like 150 yeah. was express. So that's a really long ride. That's like a 15 minute long stop. And so I was on the train with my two best friends and this one guy who was probably homeless and he had a bunch of stuff around him and he was sitting across from us and he was furiously drawing. And this train stop is really, really long, right? About... 10 minutes in, he gets up and he comes up to me and he's like, hey, so I drew your portrait. What are you going to give me? No. (laughs) And like, I'm just on the train and like, I'm with two friends, but it doesn't matter. The entire car is empty and we're kids. And I'm like, fuck, I had only a couple bucks because like I was a kid. And you had like a Metro card. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like the max amount of money I probably had. And it was so funny. He drew me really big. Like my head was huge. Like... Uh, like a caricature alien brat stall. Do you still it was, have it? I wish I still had it. I put it in a purse that I brought to college. And the first week of college, someone borrowed my purse. 
and then they never gave it back. And I literally saw them on my small campus walking around with my purse. Uh, and the drawing was in. That's the thing yeah. about going to a small college. You could be like, you, you did this to me. Like, I went to a big university, so you can't be like, you. They'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But, like, you went to, like, Bard, right? Yeah, I went to Bard. So I feel like there's, like, a thousand people there. You could, like, fucking tackle someone and be like, she took my well, purse. Here, you, Here's a perfect example of what we were talking about before. I didn't want to say anything because I felt like I was going to be a bitch, but I fully had my purse extended borrow. I don't even know. Like, this girl had this shit for weeks, and, like, well, how, who does that? Just, like, a big old bitch. That's it. I don't know. And, that's, yeah, I, she will probably never hear me speak about this, but, yeah, it's just, like, it doesn't make sense. You don't have to give me her, like, social security number or anything. I won't hand out her social security, but, yeah. I don't know, man. I've had my purse stolen like three or four times. I was riding the subway and this guy just like moved up behind me and started like humping me. And then I was like, get away from me. And then he had my purse and then ran away. I never wear a purse. I'm like a pocket. Do you have like cargo pants? I do have a good pair of cargo pants. I also have like a couple pairs of Carhartt. Oh, wow. You're legit. Yeah. Gotta do it. It's it's even douchier. I have um, a favorite pair of pants from this Carhartt work in progress brand that's supposed to be there supposed to be their fashion brand oh i've heard of them that for like cool kids yeah it's for somebody who shells out like an a little extra buck and they shouldn't for someone who's like a comedian in bushwick <laughs> but also like right works at an architecture firm and is like listen <laughs> up guys i'm really cool yeah, yeah yeah i'm extra cool i'm gay but i'm like a cool yeah. gay i'm not like a dorky gay i'm not a, i'm not a frozen gay <laughs> is that a type of person that i have to deal with yeah a Disney gay. I'm familiar with Disney gays. Yeah, there's a bunch of Disney gays. I'm definitely not one of them. What would you self-classify as? Oh, God. I feel like every time I try to fit into a li- like a group of people, I'm just sort of like... And no pressure. You don't have to. I don't know. I got bangs. I tried to have like cool Alexa yeah. Chung bangs that go to the side. It's painful. I don't know. I dress kind of like the same way I dressed in seventh grade. I kind of dress like a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. I'd love to be like a, like a Theranos gay like you are. A Theranos gay? Like an Elizabeth Holmes, <laughs> like oh my blonde God. with like Killing the black. Me turtleneck like you y'all should see what simone is wearing right now she's (laughs) pulling a full elizabeth holmes i'm really excited (laughs) about that did you know there's gonna be a movie about her and jennifer lawrence is gonna put on the black turtleneck and do the voice yeah she is one character actor she lowers her voice or yes she must lower her voice yeah she like lowers her voice for when she speaks publicly she talks like this yeah Uh, yeah i read bad blood uh, by John Carreyrou, and I was like, <laughs> I like, I like gasped, and then I hiccuped, and then I burped. Just like the whole girl boss thing, like why can't I just be like a fourteen year old? Yeah, I just, <laughs> I feel like I have regressed though, because I'm living with my parents, so there's a lot of like, do your own laundry. Yeah, are you doing your own laundry? In I think I sh- I have to. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you quarantined with your roommates? Yeah, I am quarantined with my roommates. I actually was just trying to type out with one hand, uh, hey, I should have said something, but um, can we uh, maybe pause on blending stuff? (laughs) Yeah, to all you listeners out there, I'm really sorry if I've been shouting. I don't know what this audio is going to sound like. We're in our personal podcast home studios. Is that an app? I've been like fucking with an abacus. Yeah, I don't know if that's fucking up the audio. 
I was voted least quiet in my high school. <laughs> yeah, that's cr- how loud were you? How how do you how does one get voted? That? I think it's like a like a learned trait, or a, I don't because it's both my parents do it. We're always shouting. Mm-hmm. My dad will have like a phone call, and he'll close the door, and we can all hear him all throughout the house. I'm ne- like even my whispers are loud. Like librarians have never liked me as a group of people. I am pro-librarian, but they are anti-me yelling in the library. When I was, like, 14, I ripped off one of those free Broadway comedy club, like, stand-up classes. And then the joke that the guy told, he was like, everybody, like, here's a standard joke. A blonde walks into a library and goes up to the librarian and says, excuse me, miss, can I have a Diet Coke and small fries? And the librarian goes ma'am we're in a library and so the blonde goes excuse me miss can i have a diet coke and small fries and i appreciate it and you were you were a blonde it's a horrible joke and at any moment you could have become a librarian but no you decide to become the opposite of a librarian, which is a stand-up comic in Brooklyn. Yeah, we don't write anything down. Yeah, stand-up comics are the anarchists of the written word. <laughs> Listen, every time I do comedy, I think, oh, you know what? I'm going to write some jokes down. I'm going to have a little notebook. I'm going to look at the notebook before, and then I'm going to go up and I'm going to do comedy. And then I just forget everything from the notebook and I have to like either make it up from scratch or just like remember a joke that I did a couple of days ago that I want to workshop. Right. When I talk to people about comedy, it's like everybody's like has their own specific way. And some people are like, this is the only way to do it. And there are no other ways to do it. And other people are like, do you, man? It's an art form. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's so, it's hard. It just, it's, it is so different. My head is spinning around kind of how funny it is thinking about like blondes not being able to walk into rooms right now. Blondes trapped in their apartments. That's just such an old joke. But yeah, there are normies and hippies. No, there's there's no such thing in uh, comedy. But yeah, sometimes you black out and sometimes you don't. In comedy and in life. You in, know? in comedy and in life. I had a very funny experience at one of a Union Hall show. And I, I it depends, but usually I don't really drink before shows. But I, want, I was really tired. So I... Um, I was wondering if the venue had a Red Bull and they, they were like, yeah, sure. We can give you some Red Bull, like just a little bit. And so I like go and I get the drink and I'm like, they filled it to the just brim a, and that's like a, a regular teaspoon. glass. <laughs> and then I took a sip and it was 100% not Red Bull. It was definitely like Monster or like some crazy, <laughs> like they're all obviously really bad for you. But like this one was like, ex- you know, explicitly like tropical and um yeah. Were you, like, hallucinating? That one, I was definitely like, whoa. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like, I I spoke really fast. I felt, like, really on it, but I was, like, really caffeinated. Were you getting laughs? Yeah, I think I... I mean, I had fun. I got laughs on that one, but I was really blitzing out. (laughs) Yeah, I think the weirdest time I ever did comedy... My friend uh, Lorelai came and visited me and she brought her friend Chris and her friend Chris was like, would you like to try an edible? Most people take half. I took a whole and then I tried to do comedy and I like forgot how to speak English, which is the only language I speak. I became like post-verbal and then I tried to tell my jokes, but just really slowly. Right. I don't think it worked. 
I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I would say like you know, as you know, an expert uh, in in the weed sector, I feel like you should definitely reconsider doing stand up stoned. Unless you were like one of those crazy high functioning like American Psycho drug addicts. American Psycho <laughs> is my favorite movie. Like that's just it's it's an unprecedented amount of anxiety. Yeah. No, I think it's our. I mean, I'm already pretty anxious when I do comedy, anyways. You know, so I think I should just like keep it, keep it really, keep it really G rated. Just like you know. With the with just the substances I take, the material can still be filthy and horrible the way I like it. But if you know, I personally am gonna live my life in a very G-rated fashion because I'm stuck living with my fucking parents in Connecticut right now. Do you have any TV recommendations for the lockdown? Uh, I feel like everyone's seen Tiger King, but if you haven't, you gotta see Tiger King. I know Tiger King gives me like such like it half anxiety well he looks like everybody every dyke like this is like i have i have are you a tiger king lesbian is that what you no (laughs) maybe that's it i probably am a tiger king lesbian are you more of a carol or are you more of a joe i feel i feel more like joe but joe is they're all such a mess they're all such a fucking mess who are you? Are you a Carol or a Joe or a dog? I think I'm like Carol's new husband who's just like, sure, whatever you want, babe. Like, <laughs> sure, I'll put on a leash and you and you yeah. can make me wear a tiger costume even though I'm like a man. Like, I mean, like a human man. But you're going to treat me like a tiger because you're a tiger <laughs> lady. And that's fine. Yeah. I feel like I would just be one of those people who's just like really fine with everything. And then eventually someone's like... You're in a cult. You're in a tiger cult. And I'm just right. like, oh. Well, I mean, it's hard. It's like sometimes I feel like I have too high of standards for things. And then I remember, like, you could also become the person who has a leash on and has a dress, like a tiger print dress. Is getting married, being dragged down the aisle. Oh, they got married dragged down the aisle? I feel like th- I'm pretty sure that's their wedding photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's terrifying i know on that terrifying note Uh do you have anything you would like to plug right at the moment i will only plug my socials because we are in a crazy time of mostly internet you can go to my instagram which is simon leitner s-i-m-o-n on twitter you can find me as smoke lighter because architects don't would not get the kind of like hardcore jokes you are bringing to the table every day on twitter (laughs) Uh, absolutely the riveting riveting (laughs) riveting stuff i'm writing online can i tell you a dark secret before we go yes go for it i have not gone on twitter in five years and i'm afraid of what i will see when i go on there again like i have an account and i haven't posted anything in five years i would say don't go (laughs) (laughs) the show you just heard is produced by anya kapishki Mixing, editing, and music by Rachel Kreedberg. Our visuals are by Sydney Weinberger, and our creative strategist is Shannon Constantine. Avery Regan is our head freak and executive producer. We hope you join us next week on Other People by Freaky Friday.